Hi, I'm Hilary Hess. You're listening to A Helping of Happiness. This podcast is for busy moms like me who have a full life and are constantly finding themselves in a balancing act. I definitely do not have it all together, but I hope that sharing the things that I have learned as a mom of seven kids and the things that you will hear from the guests that I have on will be things that will really inspire and help us all to be a little bit better and have give us all some fresh ideas and have a little bit of fun while we're at it. Hey, welcome to Helping of Happiness, episode number 91. We have returning guest today, Nikki Olson. Nikki is a licensed clinical mental health counselor from Utah, and she uses mind-body bridging in her practice. She's going to teach us today all about how to better parent kids when your children have ADHD. Now, this is not, I mean, most of this, we're definitely talking about ADHD and how you can use these different tools and skills when you have children with this condition, with this diagnosis, or you think maybe they have this diagnosis, but this really relates to all kids and even all adults. A lot of the things that she's saying is so useful to all people. So I hope that you'll really keep that in mind as you're listening. If you don't have a family member with ADHD or even yourself. Um, the other thing also, we have a really special thing coming up with Nikki. She's going to come on our social media and do a live event with us this week. So you're going to have a chance to ask some questions to Nikki and she will answer them. So if you have some questions now that you want to, please give us a message. Um, you can email me at hill, H-I-L-L, at helpingofhappiness.com. Or you can message us on any of our social network platforms. We're helping of happiness all across social media. So take advantage of that. Nikki is such a wealth of information. We're so happy to have her on. We loved having her on when she was on episode number 78 with us, when she taught us all about how she receives personal revelation. So I just love Nikki so much and feel so blessed to have her back with us today. So without any further ado, here's Nikki. Hey, Nikki, how are you? Doing awesome. It is so great to have you back on here. We loved having you on our last podcast when we talked all about personal revelation. And I'm so thrilled that we can talk to you now about ADHD a little bit. Yes, I'm excited. So just give us a quick little blip about you, just who you are and what you do real quick. And because we can always have our listeners go back and listen to the other podcast where we gave a little more lengthy bio for you. Perfect. So I'm a licensed clinical mental health counselor um, and I'm licensed in the state of Utah, live in a little town called Blanding. And I primarily work with um, patients through a modality called mind body bridging. And um, I do online consultations now and work with people individually through groups and through course, digital courses, teaching those same skills, uh, mind body bridging skills now. Love it. And I love all that I've learned from you so far. I can't wait to talk about this now. So let's talk a little bit. I know ADHD is a topic that we could go on for for, for hours and hours and hours, right? Right. Right. But um, I just would love some hard and fast tips and tricks for, I mean, be related to kids or marriage or, I mean, just wherever we can kind of throw this. Yeah. I don't know. Like, we need some mental health help today. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. I want to talk a little bit about what ADHD is first. I think if yeah. people could kind of understand that, 
Because I think people think ADHD is just when kids don't listen, right? Or when they're hyper. Like, Like, that's what I always think. He's like, oh, they're hyper. So my kid isn't hyper, so I don't think he has it. But I think it manifests in very different ways. Now that Absolutely. I'm about it, so yeah, a bit more about so, what it is. And- yeah, there's two two different types of ADHD that they've categorized now. They used to just call it ADHD, and now they call it ADHD. And you can be inattentive type, where you just can't focus and it's hard to focus. And there's lots of categories in the DSM for that. But then there's the hyperactive type, mm-hmm. um, where people often think of like where they're just not sitting still and they're fidgety and and maybe not listening. And people can have a predominary type of one of those, or they can have a combined type. They can have both of those. So ADHD is, it affects the neurotransmitters in your brain, um, specifically to the executive functioning part of your brain. So executive functioning is, helps us like problem solve, time management, organization, communication, empathy. That's our functioning part of our brain, right? So with people who have ADHD, those neurotransmitters, like that, I, I think of neurotransmitters as highways, right? They're, they're the highways of our brain and they're just not um, firing in the way we want to, right? And so it, with, with ADHD, I want to make, you can have ADHD in childhood and adulthood, but people who are adults with, with ADHD didn't, don't get it as adults. You have to have had it as a child. It could have went undiagnosed and you could just get diagnosed as, as an adult, but you had to have had signs and symptoms. It's when not you like were there's younger. an adult onset of, okay. there is not, yeah. there is not. <laughs> yep. There is not. And it's not like, uh, so ADHD is, is part of the brain. So it's not like, you know, something happened to you and you have ADHD. So a lot of symptoms of ADHD are also manifested for people if they've experienced trauma. So I see a lot of people that come in and um, say they have symptoms of ADHD, they think it's ADHD. And when I dig into their kind of background, I realize you just had a traumatic experience or experiences or life, and it's manifesting itself as ADHD. Um, And so there's a different, the medication could still be helpful for you for ADHD, but the way in which we go about treating it can be a little bit different because trauma, we want to do healing work and trauma focused work, um, not necessarily just skills for focus or hyperactivity. And so I want your listeners to be aware of, you know, it might be trauma that could be causing ADHD symptoms okay. as well. That is really good to know. Yeah. So, and getting good trauma work and healing and care can re- alleviate those symptoms of ADHD that you think are ADHD, right? Those symptoms yeah. that you're having. So, um, but the other part of that, so back to like the executive functioning part of your brain, those highways we want to strengthen. So mind-body bridging is a technique or tool that helps activate that part of the brain. So it does lots of other things, but the premise behind it is that we all have a system inside of us that when it turns on, can disconnect our mind and brain, mind and body from communicating to each other. Just feels like they're speaking different languages, right? And that's kind of how someone with ADHD might describe it. It's like, my brain's telling me one thing and my body is telling me to do another, right? It just feels yeah. like we're going in different directions. So the tools that I teach, teach you how to bridge your mind and body back together, open those highways back up to your executive functioning part of your brain and strengthen those, okay? 
So they're innate in, in us who don't have ADHD. Those highways are just there. And once we reconnect, we're fine. People with ADHD, we, they're kind of have a, having a dual effect when that system turns on. One, they're having a hard time with those highways to the executive functioning part of the brain all, before that system turns on. Then that system turns on and it just intensifies it. Does that make sense? Yeah. And yeah. so by teaching them to rest that system and bridge their mind and body back together, then they're better able to start working on some of those skills for ADHD. So as far as treatments concerned with ADHD, we have two, two forms of treatment. You can have medication, right? And the, the medication helps with the symptoms, um, but it doesn't, there's no cure for ADHD. It's not like you take the medication, like for depression, you can kind of get through a, a low period and maybe be able to wean yourself off. Um, that's, that's not how it works. So the thing with ADHD is you can learn skills and tools to deal with the symptoms so that you can function without medication or with a decrease of medication mm -hmm. or medications that can be taken as needed. Mm -hmm. So it's important that even if you're medicating your child for ADHD, that you're teaching them skills of how to deal with this. Because if you're not, then they're going to be reliant on the medication. And there's just so many side effects with ADHD medication. Like I'm not do, like saying, don't do it. I'm just saying, you know, it's, it can stunt their growth and their appetite and you yeah. know, cause sleep problems and all of this. Like it's well, and it makes them needed, not want to but... take it too. Right. So yeah. Yep another thing too is it's like okay either yeah. they have the medication and they're good or they don't and they're a mess uh, so it's yep mm -hmm. yeah. so if we can arm them with some tools and tactics in some of these areas that we'll talk about that are really kind of hard hitting with kids right school hard homework when you come home and nighttime are just really hard when you have ADHD and so we need to fortify them with some tools in regards to that so we'll kind of talk about some of those. Love tools. this. Okay. <laughs> feed me, feed me. Just tell me all the things. Yes. I have one of my kids, I feel like is definitely, he's never been diagnosed, but it's like, he has all the symptoms and these are our yeah. hot spots. And I've talked to friends that have kids that also, and heard their kids have been more diagnosed and these are their same. It's like, man, these are the hardest parts. It's, it's the school, it's the homework and it's the bedtime. Cause they just cannot wind down. Yeah. Oh. And these tools, like, are those not the hardest times with kids in general, right? <laughs> like, all these tools exactly. that I give you don't have to be just for ADHD. Like, exactly. they can be helpful for anything. So if you're yes. like, well, my kid does that, it doesn't mean they have ADHD. It means they're a child. And they are yes. doing that because they are a human. So yes. it's fine yes. that we can use some of these tactics and tools. Uh, I'm you know, so glad you brought that up because I meant to tell, say that. And so I'm glad that you did. So that I yeah. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> We're not saying that if your kid is doing these things that they have ADHD, they're just human children who can do yes. these things as well. And yes. I want to say that ADHD will manifest itself across um, different situations. So yeah. if your kid only has problems focusing at school, but it's totally fine at home or in peer groups, they probably don't have ADHD. Something else is going on. Mm -hmm. So ADHD manifests itself in other areas. So mm -hmm. usually they'll have a teacher take a quiz. They'll have the kid take a quiz and they'll have um, a parent take a quiz. So they can see those different situations and see mm -hmm. how that manifests itself in those areas. So. Okay, great. Okay. Well, Should we talk about start with the classroom? Yes. Cause yes. for me, I think that that's the hardest as a parent because I'm not there to yeah. say, okay, let's, 
do these different tips and tricks. Like that's something that they have to have in their tool belt to use on their own because I can't be, yeah. <laughs> I'm always telling my, my teenager, yeah. teenager, I'm like, come on, I can't go with you to high school. Hear what your teacher has for your assignments today. I can't turn yeah. in your assignment that you did that you forgot to turn in or whatever, you know. Yeah. Well, and you can't be in charge of the teachers. Like you can't be telling the teachers, you have to do this for my kid. Exactly. You, I mean, you, you can, if they have a 40, whatever plan, <laughs> you know, yeah. or, yeah. or an yeah. IEP, I don't know what they call, they call it different things in yeah. the States, but you yeah. know, if, if they have a plan, the teachers are required by law to do those things, but that takes a lot of work to get those into yeah. effect. And certainly if your kid needs those, you want to put that into place yeah. to help them. Yeah. Um, but it's not always possible and effective and all of that. So we want to be arming our kids with tools that they can do on their own, even if no one else, no other adult at school helps them. So and these are going to be not that far on the spectrum. You want to be able to make sure they're as functional as possible, especially for the exactly. This is what I'm worried about. Like, how are we going to keep a job? How are we going to go to college? <laughs> my, I think it's because my oldest is going to teeth. college. So it's like everything's spinning really fast. And I'm like, oh my goodness, you know, this is coming really, really fast now that I'm seeing how quick the kids are gone. So mm -hmm. we got to get this yeah. all fixed right now. So, yeah. Well, and you bring up a good point that maybe we could do, I was going to talk about with the homework section, but I think working with kids who have the ADHD can bring up your own emotional mm -hmm. things, right? It can be very difficult to create that mind clutter you're talking about, can create a lot of tension in our bodies that can manifest itself and keep us from functioning the way we want to as parents, right? Like we start dreading these times that are really difficult and our mental health suffers. Mm -hmm. So I think these tools that I've- You're rubbing off on me. The kids. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but these tools, these mind-body bridging tools, I teach them to parents who have kids with ADHD so that they can function at their top level and be present with their kids and be able to teach them these tools. You can't teach your kids these tools if your mind and body are disconnected, exactly. if that system is awake for you, you are not teaching at your optimal level. They're not going to understand you because your executive function brain where you communicate and have empathy from is shut off too, right? Like exactly. you're now feeling the exact same way they feel. So I would recommend for parents who are, are struggling um, emotionally themselves to maybe do my digital course where they just learn the basic skills so that they can apply them to themselves so that they can learn mind-body bridging tools to apply to themselves and be able to kind of have that relief, um, open up their executive functioning part of their brain and be able to function at top level for their kids. But so for the school, these are tools that um, kids can do themselves. So one of the things that helps reconnect that mind and body, open up that executive functioning part of their brain is your five senses, okay? And we've done, I've done a free download on my website for you guys to create a little plan with your kids to teach them how to use their senses. So it's just at nbbnikki.com forward slash free, and you'll be able to download that. And Hillary will link it for you yeah, too, so yeah, you can download that. that. And so our five senses are what reconnect our mind and body and open up that executive functioning part of our brain. And it's not just about like thinking about your senses, it's actually noticing them, okay? So this is what we're gonna wanna teach our kids to do. So the little plan walks them through, like what are three things I can look for, okay? So then they can write that down. You can have a plan for school, you can have a plan for 
um, home. You can have a plan for nighttime. So you can print out three of these if you want. <laughs> you can have, have them think about what would I look for at school? I would look for the textures in the carpet. I would look for um, the colors on the wall. I would look at the shapes on my desk. And so they're just looking for these senses or what sounds, what are three sounds I can hear? I can hear the feet, everybody's feet moving around. I can hear the pencils writing on the paper. I can hear the teacher talking. So they're, they're recognizing becoming aware of these senses or what can I feel? I could feel the desk on, with my hands. I can feel how, the textures in my shirt. I can feel gravity on my body. I can feel my feet on the floor. So they're writing these things down. They literally have that plan. They can put it in their desk or wherever it is, right? What a, let's see, what did we do? Sight, sounds, feeling, um, taste. So they're not going to be able to like pop in some gum or something, you know, <laughs> like what can I eat right now? <laughs> no gum. We're yeah. So taste, <laughs> I like to think of like, if you were to think of a lemon and you said, what would that taste like? Your mouth, doesn't it do something if you're like, oh, right? Like, yes, it's activating your senses, yeah? So you think of foods that they could think about and they could taste them in their mouth, okay? Um, also, let's see, what did we miss? Um, smell. So I like to, you know, what, what smells are happening around me, but not only smells, but noticing the air, how it feels in my nose when it goes in and how it comes out just becoming aware of the air and how that feels as I'm smelling, if that makes sense. So yes. well, literally arming them. Doing, you did a similar exercise to this when you were on the Family Looking Up podcast in your stress mm -hmm. episode, right? Were you yes, through? Exactly. I was doing that with you when I got yes. out my piece of paper and writing down all the things that I was feeling. And it really does, it's surprisingly how much it really does help. Just right. Yeah. That's because it opens up those networks. It's reconnecting your mind and your body, opening up those networks to your executive functioning brain, which houses all of that great functioning ability. Right. Yeah. And you just feel like you can handle life. Right. Mm -hmm. And you feel like you can, you can absorb the things that are happening around you. So you can imagine if it helped you, what, how much that would help our kids, mm -hmm. but you have to practice these tools with them. So you have to write the plan out. You have to have them practice their senses because if they're not practicing them and using these tools, when they go to do them, they're not going to be very good at them. Right. They're not going to remember to use them. So that's it's something that we really the, have. Not going to remember to use them for yeah, sure. Yeah, they won't. They yeah, won't. I don't. I'm a human. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I, I'm not going to remember something that I don't practice. So we have to practice So those. would you, like, when, when, when would you have them do this? Would you do this when they're going to a class that they're stressed about? Would you do it at the beginning of the school day, just as they're sitting there? Like, when yeah. during the day would you have them do this? So there, there's techniques about recognizing when this system is awake, okay? So you want to use these senses, well, when that system's awake. You want to practice it when that system's not awake, though, okay? Mm -hmm. So it really doesn't matter when they're doing it throughout the day. If that system's not awake, practice, right? If that system's awake, use it. So really, you're kind of using your senses throughout the day. What I recommend to adults, and this works for kids, too, is just Find activities that you're doing every day and incorporate your senses. So every time you're walking down the hallway, notice the ground underneath your feet. Every time you're at your locker, notice how things feel, everything that you're touching. Every time you sit in your desk, just notice the seat underneath you. Um, just kind of having them recognize uh, their senses everywhere they're going. So whether it's happening or not, they are using their senses. Does that make sense? Yeah. Okay. So I kind of did this when I was cooking dinner the other night because I was listening to one of your 
one of your episodes when I was doing it and yeah. I was making rolls and I never realized how much I loved the feel of the dough when I was rolling. Yes. I'm like, this is such a much more exciting experience rolling out these rolls with this yes. dough, you know, and it happened to be a really good batch, you know, so it wasn't too sticky. It was just right. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yes. This is so really senses with that. an experience that I would just normally rush through, but I actually yeah. enjoyed it more just by feeling more with my hands. And I thought that was right. So it does open up enjoyment, right? And so yeah. you can imagine if our kids are just really struggling and they're just dreading going to a class because a teacher is going to be harping on them because they're not going to be able to understand that they can open up there and access that ability to just feel like, okay, I got this. I can do this or enjoyment. It, that's what it does for us. It just provides relief. Wow. That's really cool. Yeah. Okay. So simple, but so helpful, right? <laughs> I know. Well, and not yeah. something you would think that would have anything to do with connecting you to your schoolwork. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's just yeah. like, it's this totally separate activity. Yes. Okay. So another else? technique I like, yeah. Another okay. technique I like to call, and I call it, um, well, my husband told me this term and I was like, Oh, that's what you call it. And I, I just would teach it without this term. He called it chunk and chew. Okay. So with ADHD, you can only focus on one thing at a time. Mm -hmm. ADHD does not allow you to be a multitasker. Okay. Well, we're, all of us aren't, aren't great multitaskers anyways. We're not doing, we're not doing a, a good service by multitasking anyways. But um, ADHD, you know, this, those neural pathways just don't do well with multitasking. So teaching them to find a chunk of something and chew on it. Okay. So look at your math paper, chunk number one chew on only chew on number one until you're done chewing number one chunk number two and chew number two does that make sense so it helps them just think about that like you're just saying remember to chunk and chew and they're like okay i got it but also another thing that helps chunk and chew is to get another piece of paper and cover up everything else okay mm -hmm. so your their brain is not focused on the overwhelm of everything does that make sense so yeah. you you take a piece of paper and literally when they're reading, like cover the top and bottom so they can only see the, the sentence that they're on. And you just move that down, that top paper and that bottom paper so that they're only seeing the sentence that they're reading and they're not overwhelmed by the rest of it. Or math, cover up all the problems except for the one they're working on. So they're, that helps them chunk and chew without seeing the overwhelm of everything. So that makes a lot of sense to me because I'm also a piano teacher. So it's what I'm constantly telling my students when they look at this big piece that's super overwhelming, I always have them take it in chunks when it gets to that point. I'm like, no, just do this line 10 times over until it's really good. And then we can add in another one or, and sometimes I do, you do like just cover up that second page. Cause we can't even think about doing this. Yes. Whole it's just it, it overwhelms right yeah. like it's it's the same concept if you walk in the kitchen and there's just a disaster we get overwhelmed right yeah. but if we chunked and chewed our kitchen away right yeah. and we're like okay just right? dishes just put, dishes put a sheet over this one yeah, i'm not even gonna look at the floor and the counters i can't even go there oh yeah oh and the kids get like that cleaning their rooms all the time it's yes. like get in there and i'm like okay just clean up the books okay next just pick up the my little ponies or you know whatever yes that helps that is totally my tip for we can transition to, into homework and chores and stuff but that's that's my tip for chores is don't give more than one instruction at a time mm -hmm. if you want a result they're only going to follow one anyways possibly 
But if they get two instructions, they may not follow any of them because now you've yes. just overwhelmed, you've just overwhelmed that executive functioning brain, right? Like, and now you've just turned on that system and they're not going to follow any of them. Oh, I know. you want a result, you get, you don't, like you said, you, you chunk and chew the, the bedroom, but don't tell them all of those things at once. No. Right? Yeah. You have to do you one thing at a time. Mm-hmm. Yep. Find all the ponies and then come talk to me. Right. Yes. Then, oh, I do the same. Oh, yeah. This yes. is this for my child that I'm having struggles with with this. Yeah. And there's like no multitasking. It's I, I can't no. say go take out the garbage and then go put the cupcakes in the fridge. Like it yeah. has to be totally separate. So it that does. I can totally yeah. see that. That's yeah. So and funny. and it's fine. But they you can teach them like when they get older. I'm just chunking and chewing for you. Right. Like I'm just, yeah, you're going to, you're going to get another one, but just do this one, focus on this one right? yeah, and do that. So, um, the homework. So I always say like, so we have, we have a hard time coming home from school and just jumping in and doing homework. One of it is because usually they have not eaten or drank any water in the last like four hours. Right. And so if you're trying just in general functioning, like I don't function well when I'm higher, when I'm hungry or tired, right? Or, just, or when I first walk know, in the door, I need a breath. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. So eat, have them eat something, just nourish their bodies. Also, it activates their senses, right? Mm-hmm. Just as they're eating, you can talk about how things smell. You can talk about how they taste or the textures of things, you know, things like that. Um, with homework, set up a plan to chunk it and chew it. Okay. So say, we're going to do these five problems and then we're going to take a break and you can go play with your friends. Then we're going to do five more problems after dinner. And then we're going to do five more problems before we go to bed or something like that. Like really chunk it down and have breaks in between that Mm -hmm. because that they need to be able to um, kind of restore and refresh in that process. So really having those breaks. Have a dedicated space that you do the homework in that is void of all distractions. So it's not the kitchen table where everybody's walking past, the TV's on, you know, things like that. Like it might be in the basement corner um, where you are present with them. You're not banishing them to a corner somewhere by themselves, but you're going to need to be present with them and teach them how to do this, right? And so it has to be a a distraction-free zone that things aren't going to be walking through or turned on or people aren't going to be coming in and asking questions because once that happens, concentration's gone. We're going to have to do some senses work. We're going to have to refocus here and do that. Um, doing so homework- I, was, so I was just going to say yeah. one of my biggest struggles is when they have computer work because there's tons of homework that my kids have on the yeah, computer. Yeah, and yeah. so I want so the computer in the family space because I don't yeah, want any absolutely. that. Do you have any, do you just pull everybody else out of the room? and just... Yeah. So you could find a time when people aren't walking through. You, you okay. could say, we're doing homework here. This is what we're doing. I need you to go do this and set a timer. Like you can't come in for 10 minutes, right? Okay. Or you can't walk past. We're turning the TV off. You know, I'm not having any alarm, but you know, dinner alarm's not going to go off and I'm running out. So yeah, certainly just make that a distraction-free zone. Because that like could that. be another rabbit hole. I mean, not only just Absolutely. internet safety, yeah. but just because it's like they get on there and they're like, oh, let's look at YouTube for a little while in between. Exactly. And it's just like, oh my goodness, are you kidding? Yes. You know? yeah, they can get distracted. Computers can be distracting in general. So 
you might have to sit down with them or be doing, if you're not doing homework with them, you might be having to do regular checks and checking yeah. on them as well. Okay. So, okay. Um, also stand, standing up while you're doing your homework can be helpful or sitting okay. on an exercise ball. Okay. So movement is really great for uh, focus. So one, cause it's using their senses, right? Okay. Um, but movement and exercise are great for ADHD. So yeah, if you can have them sit on an exercise ball while they're on the computer or stand up and do their homework, um, it's, it's really helpful in that way. Um, have, you can also have like a, a, like a little basket or something with senses things. I'm not so much set on like, you have to have an item to use your senses. Cause I feel like you can use your senses wherever you are, but like if they have a thing of Play-Doh that they're playing with, like if like fidget spinners were a big thing, you know, yeah. a while ago oh, for kids with ADHD. We had a house full of fidget spinners. For yes. sure. Yeah. But you can have something that's a little bit less distracting than a fidget spinner, like some putty or um, some slime or something like that, that, that they can kind of roll around in their hands and mold and shape and things like that. And not so, the dollar yeah. store slime. Cause that stuff is a disaster and it gets everywhere. Right? <laughs> yes. We are so throwing those away all the time. Yes. <laughs> like you're spending money on that. Why? Cause I'm going to put it in the trash when it gets oh home. Oh <laughs> my gosh. It kills me. No, but I love silly putty. That's a great yes. one. Yeah. yeah Cause great. it's moldable, changeable. Yeah, they can and it's not it. Like you could snap it. Yep. They yeah. can snap it. They can bounce it. There's lots of things they can do with that. So, okay. um, yeah, that can be really helpful. Make sure you're taking care of your own emotions during this process because it can get really tricky and sticky with that too. So, all right, that's homework. Nighttime. We're ready for nighttime now. Okay. <laughs> I need some nighttime for free. Okay. For me. So I want to go to bed earlier. So I need my, yes. I was just going to say, these are tools that everybody could use. We all need yeah. to be doing these. Okay. Yeah. Number one is good sleep hygiene. Okay. Good sleep hygiene has routines involved. Okay. So sleep is associated with things that we're doing. Okay. So if we do the same routine every night, it triggers our brain to start thinking, Oh, it's nighttime. This is what we're doing. Right. So you can have them just kind of get used to doing that the same thing over and over again. They read the same book or they always take a shower. They brush their teeth. They, you know, whatever those association things mm -hmm. are, it's the same routine every night. Okay. Um, another thing with sleep hygiene is making sure that they're not um, interacting with uh, screens two hours before bedtime. There's been studies about the blue light that's given off they have blue light glasses that you can wear if you have to have screens two hours before bedtime um, but tvs give off that blue light it can cause the brain to think it needs to be awake as well so screen no screen time two hours before you want them to go to bed um, also another thing is exercise goes hand in hand with adhd if it, you they have to be wearing themselves out during the day so they need to be doing something that's like really intensive like going for a run or playing basketball or, you know, something intensive during the day wears the body out. So it can wind down at night mm -hmm. with that. Another thing it's called the cooling phase, body changing the, the, um, your temperature of your body. So take a warm bath, you get your body temperature up and you have a really cool room. You always want your bedroom to be cool. And then you go into your cool bedroom, the cooling phase of your body triggers it to want to go to sleep. 
Okay. No, so cigarette. that's why when our air conditioner was out last week, nobody, nobody could sleep. House <laughs> yeah. Degrees and it was so humid and so miserable. Yeah. Nobody exactly. Yeah. That night it was horrible. Yes. Yep. So I you don't do want like them to go to sleep. to go to bed cold. Like you're not freezing cold and you go to bed cold. I right. can't fall asleep you, if I'm like. Yeah, I can't. Sleep. I have to. Yep, yeah, I have to warm myself up. I take a bath every night to warm myself up because I'm always freezing cold. I take a bath and then I go to sleep. And then as soon as you go into your cold bedroom, it's co the cooling phase and it puts you right to sleep. This is, we're just going to have such good sleepers over here. All my sleepers <laughs> are going to be. <laughs> you have to take pictures of everybody sleeping instead of tree. <laughs> I'll post it in it our stories. I'll, I'll be that creepy mom with all the sleeping. Sleeping. Oh, these are um, such good ideas, though. Another thing, too, is if they wake up at night and they have a hard time getting back to sleep, I like to have a senses bucket next to them. So you can have a, a, a good thing to have is like a white noise machine that they can turn on and flip on. Um, so it gets they're listening to the, the background sounds and the white noise. This can also help them fall asleep. It can be one of those association things, too. Like you hear that sound and boom, your body's like, oh, it's sleepy time. Right. Mm -hmm. But um, also you can have like a bucket of like or basket. I don't know, it doesn't matter what it is, but like a stuffed animals or something on that stuffed animal that has sprayed lavender on it. So they can smell mm -hmm. it. They can snuggle it. There's, you know, you have what do they call those? Like we can put essential oils in diffusers that you can oh, yeah. put smells in. So you can have a diffuser that has an associated smell with it. Um, and they can fall asleep with that as well every night and kind of have Just those. wave that smell around their nose. Yeah. Sleepy every night. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. I mean, lavender is said to be like a calming effect and put you to sleep as well, but it's also an association thing too, mm -hmm. right? Like you just mm -hmm. associated like lavender with sleep and and you get put to sleep whenever you smell lavender. <laughs> I have lavender all over my house. <laughs> also, if you have kids on medication, um, so the ADHD medications are stimulants, right? So they're gonna wake you up. So if they're if they started medications, they're having a hard time sleeping. You want to work with their medication provider to kind of talk with them about maybe having a shorter acting one that wears off like midnight, you know, afternoon, mid um, evening. Um, or having ones that they just take in the morning and then, you know, you might have to deal with some of the behaviors later at night, but then they're able to sleep, you mm -hmm. know, so you kind of have to have the pros and cons of, of that talk with your medication provider as well. So do you find that if they're not sleeping well, these symptoms are even more present? Cause that's where I, I feel, <laughs> I feel like we're kind of in a bad spot. Cause I'm like, you're not sleeping. Yeah. And I feel like you, the forgetfulness is just in the non ability yep. to focus. Yep. Just, yeah. Like crazy. Well, we all get that way too. Like if you, if you have depression and you're not sleeping, it's going to increase your depression. If you have anxiety yeah. and you're not sleeping, it's going to increase your anxiety. Or if you don't have depression, anxiety, and you're not sleeping, you might feel like you have depression and anxiety. Yeah. Oh, totally. Sleeping like sleep affects our mood so much. And so we want to be aware of that and really sleep needs to be kind of a priority on this list. Like if I was looking at this list and saying I had problems in all three of these areas, the first one I would tackle is sleep. Okay. Right. For everything, for everyone in my whole family, right? Like I need to be sleeping well. And so I need to be using these tools and my kids need to be using these tools. 
but also like the hardest thing about being a new mom right is that you're not sleeping and so it's like you feel like you can't handle your life because you're just so exhausted that's the word yeah exactly right causing more postpartum depression right because we're just not sleeping well and things like that so it's it I use the mind body bridging techniques there's so much more to mind body bridging besides the senses like that's not all that it's about like there's reasons that our system is waking up and causing this and there's reasons that it's staying awake and you have to map those out and find those out and so I think if if you're having a hard time sleeping learning to map some of those issues out before you go to bed can help put you in the right mindset and start diffusing some of those reasons so they're not constant reasons for you right like you're not on this teeter-totter of using my senses turning it off but then it's turning back on because there's certain thoughts that are turning it back on and then we're on off on off right like we want to get off the teeter-totter right and so that's some of the techniques and tools I, I teach as well is how to map out those reasons and start diffusing them in your life so that they're not reasons any longer for yourself Oh my goodness. I'm like, I got a lot of homework tonight. (laughs) I I think I'm going to make podcast over and over again. Okay. We're going to do this guys. We we're going to get our mind and body bridged. We're going (laughs) to, we're going to be focused. We're going to be so smart in school. It's going to be great. The house will be clean. This is just going to help all these areas. So chunk and chew this information too. Like, there's a lot of good information there, but you can't chew it all, right? Exactly. Like you have to chunk. Yeah, I'm going to overwhelm thing. them all at the first second. Yes. <laughs> chunk one thing, work on it till it becomes a habit, come back and listen to it again, or write down your top 10 and just start at one, do it until it becomes habit and then move on to number two. You cannot tackle all of these areas and you cannot do all of these things in one area to try and tackle that either. Exactly. Like just work on one thing, chunk and chew that until it becomes a habit. If you try to throw everything at once, you might do well for a week and then it's all going to go by the wayside and you're not going to do any of it. So you have to really just implement slowly. Slow change is sustainable. Big changes are not sustainable and do not last. So would you say start with sleep as your number one on these three things? If that's that's one of the issues that's on there, I would recommend sleep first. Okay. Yeah. And then maybe our little senses exercises. Do you think that would be up there too? Definitely. That's, that's in all three of those areas. So I would definitely get the free printable where we talk about the senses, like thinking about senses is great, but teaching your kids how to use their senses, is going to be a little bit more difficult. So that little plan, it, you know, you've seen it. It's kind of kid friendly, right? It's like, it just spells things out, has your little numbers where you can list things. It even has little pictures for them to remember. You know, I like that it has visual, but it's also got something they can list. So I use this plan for kids who can't even read. They can draw a picture next to number one and a picture next to number two, because it has a picture of the eyeball, right? And they can draw a picture of all the things they can see um, and do that. So you can do this with a two or a three-year-old. Like it does not have to be just for kids who can read or write. Um, So you can, I think the plan, printing the plan is going to be key in really teaching them. It's going to walk you through how to teach them and how to have this conversation with them. This is so great. I can't wait. I think I'm going to teach this to my son that's struggling and then I'm going to have him teach everybody else on a family night or something. Yes, that's right? awesome. That's the best that's way to learn fun. it is to teach don't, it. Yes. I don't they say when you teach, you learn it better. So I've got to learn it really good so I can teach it and then he can teach it and then we're all happy. Yeah. Absolutely. So start applying the skills yourself, right? You can share that experience with him and say, when I was making the dough and I was doing this, this is what I experienced. It yeah. was really helpful. And Absolutely. 
Oh, Nikki, oh. you're so awesome. Is there anything Thank else that you. I missed? Is there anything else that you wanted to add? I think, I think that's it. I think we have, so I have all those services um, we kind of talked about in the last podcast. So if you want individual help, um, I have individual sessions. I have group consultation sessions, which are great for like parenting questions. Like if you're just like, well, we have this area that's really struggle for me. What can we do? And I can just quickly answer that question for you. It's a super affordable way to have access to me um, and talk, talk through that with me, yeah. you know, 20, $27 a month, you get all your questions answered, right? Less than a yeah. copay. And you have access to all the videos I've recorded and can get answers to questions you didn't even know you had. That's so awesome. Okay. So let's, yeah. and then the digital courses. One more time. Yeah. yeah. Let's tell Cause I think maybe we didn't tell the website yet. So let's tell them your yes. website really quick. So my website is MBB Nikki. So mind body bridging. That's kind of what it stands for is Nikki is N I K I.com. So MBB Nikki.com is the website where you can find all those services. I'll have a digital course out where you can learn these skills just on your, um, on your own time with little 10 minute video snippets so that you can kind of understand the skills yourself or have your kids watch them. Um, and then you, with the digital course, you also have access to five months free of the group consultation. So if both of those sound great to you. I would do the course because you get five months free in with, by purchasing the digital course. Um, and then you also can find me on social media at the same handle, MBB Nikki, um, follow along there. I offer free tips and tricks and, and, you know, it's not just about me promoting my services. I want to be a place where people can get free um, advice and help as well on there and engaging in my posts, I can offer that help as well. Um, if that, so. So good. So good. Yay! And if, they, if you guys missed our last podcast where we talked about personal revelation and how you go through all of that, you've got to listen to that. So we'll link to all of, all of these wonderful, wonderful things in the show notes. I am awesome. so, so great. Thank, thank you, you so much. Really I for being on. Yes, yes. Thank you. Thank you. What did I tell you? Nikki is just absolutely fantastic, isn't she? She is so knowledgeable. I've learned so much from her. So I have very, very detailed show notes. If you have been listening while you haven't had a pen handy and you want all this information, I tried really hard to get as much of the details that she talked about into the show notes with links and everything else so that you can go there and reference back. Or of course, you can re-listen to this episode as many times as you need to. Don't forget to go visit us on social media and get more details about how Nikki is going to be on our social media doing our live event with us this week and get any questions that you have for her. Maybe now that you've listened to this podcast, you have more things rolling around in your head of different things that you might want to ask her. So get those questions ready, send them over to us. And if you've been enjoying this podcast or if you know someone that would really be benefited by this, please share it with them. And if you're listening through Apple Podcasts, please give us a rate, review, and subscribe, of course. So have a fabulous week. Can't wait to talk to you soon.